Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me a podcast where me and Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could come in my toothpaste and say it makes your teeth stronger. <laughs> my guess. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going and it really finished off so well. Oh boy, I, um, I've been doing the podcast for like four years, so yeah. they just get wilder and wilder. <laughs> well, okay, let me do a proper introduction. Okay. okay. So they get, my guest today, the voice you've heard is an actress that you know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, voiced and starred in Disney's Encanto, has a new podcast, Twin Flame, which highlights a cult-like dating platform created by two YouTubers. I am so thrilled to have Stephanie Beatrice! Hi, hi, hi. That's a crowd roaring. <laughs> I love it. Thank so you. So we were talking beforehand about Scrabble, mm-hmm. and then we were talking about Wordle. Do you Wordle? I don't Wordle. I don't Wordle. I, I, you know what? I really vehemently dislike the posts <laughs> on Twitter with, like, all the little green squares. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just feel like... You know, share it with your friends. Share share it on your inside yeah. in your group texts. Maybe not on your Twitter. Why subject me to it? Why make it public? Why why brag so hard about something that's like mostly about chance, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's like chance, but people have strategies and shit. And I tried to do it w- twice, and I've 
Never gotten it. And it's really frustrating. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know five letter words. I didn't know. I I don't want to challenge myself in that way. You know what? Life is full of lots of hoops that I have to jump through and hurdles Mm -hmm. I have to overcome. Wordle is a (laughs) self-imposed disaster for me. So I'm not I'm not going down that road. Me either. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question. I know you're married. Yes. Um, will you tell me how you met your husband? Yes, I will. Okay, the long story or the short story? Listen, I want to hear the long story <laughs> okay. because I love love. Great. Okay, okay, okay. So it starts with me being in a relationship with someone else for nine years. Nine years. Yes. And when I was in that relationship, um, that person was older than me. And so I was like, wow, they're so smart. And they're such a, you know, Mm. like artist. And they're so good at their craft and blah, 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 blah. And so I thought that I was the dummy and that this person had so much to teach me. And there was a point in the relationship where I said, you know, is do you think like maybe we could ever get married? Like I don't want to like mm-hmm. be, you know, conformist, but I think maybe I'd like to be married. I'm not sure. Like what do you think about that? And the person that I was with said, well, I want to feel married before we get married. What? Exactly. But nine years. That's correct. And That's- so like when I think back on it, I'm like that is the most manipulative, weird, mm-hmm. fucked up thing to say to someone. It is – Essentially saying, you know, at some point that I know, me Mm -hmm. over here, the all-knowing, right? At some point that I know, I will deem you worthy enough of marriage. But I must feel it somehow, some way before I commit in this way. And like, I basically, I think it was, I mean, honestly, it was when I, I used to smoke weed and now I don't. And Mm -hmm. I think it was sort of like on the journey of stopping to do that. I was like, oh, maybe this is like not a good relationship question Mm -hmm. mark, you know? But I had been in it for so long that I was like, well, how do I get out? You know, like how do I – Yeah. How do I leave after nine years, almost 10 years, you know? So so I did. I I got out and Mm – the dating apps were brutal because when I first started yeah. that relationship, it was like that was not how you did it. You just met people and, you know, you took a risk and asked someone to dinner or asked mm-hmm. someone to coffee or whatever. So I got on the dating apps and I got on Raya. Raya? Raya? Raya worked for you. Raya yes. doesn't work for me. Oh, what a dream. It's only because I found like the only person on it that was not in our industry. Like he mm. just happened to know the guys that started the app and they gave him like a membership. And so he was like this totally normal norm normie. He was like a super normie. <laughs> and he ch- it was awesome because like the other people that I was sorting with were all like in our industry. And like, mm-hmm. as you know, we're megalomaniac, narcissist, yes. brain, you know, yes. even if we're not, we're very focused. I mean – Neither we're all one narcissists. of us. Well, you know, we're very like just a little. You have to like really love yourself to be like I'm better than everyone sitting in this room in Santa Monica, and I'm gonna book it. <laughs> I think you do. I think you have. To, <laughs> I think you have to believe that you have something really special. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's a there's a very fine line between believing you have something special and believing you are the most special thing mm-hmm. that ever fucking walked the planet, right? And so like yeah. unfortunately that is 
it, oftentimes artists like lean into that sort of like I'm better than everyone else. And that's a recipe for disaster when you're dating because like it's painful. It's mm-hmm. really painful to date people like that. So we we messaged a little bit on the app and then we took it off the app as quickly as possible. I was mm-hmm. like, do you want to go get drinks or something? And then we started dating and I was seeing some other people and like it just sort of like – and I'm, I've – I think I've said this story in interviews before, but like there was a party and I had gotten a little tipsy at the party. <laughs> and I was like, how do you feel about being a stay-at-home dad? And he was like, I feel uh-huh. great about it. He was like, oh, yeah, no, I that, that sounds awesome to me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, you called my bluff. Uh, oh, no, I guess uh, we have to have a baby now. Oh, and uh and you stay home and yeah, that's what we do. And then I'd like can pursue my career and interests with like no real problem. Oh no. So yeah, that's sort of like how it happened. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. To like ask somebody and then just kind of expect a different answer. But then they're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm totally chill with your dreams. Happy yep. to happy to help. And you're like, oh, fuck. fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make, I guess it, we do this. It, it did make me like st- it. it I expected that he was going to be like, I don't know about that. You know, like mm-hmm. I expected it was going to be like every other day that I'd gone on. And w- one of which one of the guys was like, yeah, I just don't see myself like having kids or getting married until like I'm a lot older. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking like around 50. I really want to like what? pursue my career. And I was like, we're the same age. He was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so what are you saying to me? Because like <laughs> I was very clear on our messaging. Like I was very clear, like I'm trying to like, find a partner to do life mm-hmm. with. So are you fucking dicking around? Like, why are we at Mexican restaurant eating tacos? Like, if this, what is, what are we doing? What are we doing? Also, fully wild to me that anybody wants to have a child at 50. Like, I, I mean, get mm-hmm. having a career and, like, having a kid later in life, but 50 is when I'm trying to wind down. Listen, you, you, no one, no women, most women are probably not trying to have a kid at 50. It's no. all dudes that want to hand it off. Like, they want to have the sort of, um, you know, the feeling of I'm going to live forever through my child. Mm-hmm. And then they want to hand off the responsibility of doing anything or having any, like, big part in it to someone else. Because, like, if you're 50, that's, like, a lot to undertake. Like, you've been by yourself <laughs> for 50 yeah. years. Like, now you're going to start taking – I mean, it's hard enough now. Like, I've been by myself for 40 years. And, like, all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's, like, another little person that's like, hey, what's up? I need to eat. Uh, <laughs> and you need to change my shitty diaper or, like, uh, something bad could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> something bad could something happen. Something really bad could happen. <laughs> I could die. You got to take care of me. That is so crazy because, like, I yesterday at 5 p.m. was like, I didn't take my dog for a walk. And then I was like, no, no, you did. You absolutely (laughs) did. You gave him a treat. He would be begging to go outside. You're fine. So I'm like, what happens if I have a full ass baby? I'll be like, I forgot to take it out of the crib. (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily, they're really loud. Mm, So. There's not really a chance unless you just like close the door and put your earphones on and like la 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 la, la, la like la, a kook. Nothing here. Nothing here. It's all fine. <laughs> um, okay. So you went to an all women's college in Missouri. Yeah, baby. Yeah. What was it like going to an all women's college? Well, let me tell you, as a a budding bisexual, it was fantastic. 
<laughs> I was not fully like I I didn't totally understand that I was bi, I don't think, until I was in college. And like mm-hmm. it was something that I'd always kind of known about myself, but I think I think that's why I was drawn to a women's college, honestly, because I I thought about like, well, who's going to choose a women's college, right? Like what kinds of people are going to choose a women's college? And, and, you know, I think a liberal arts women's college is probably a place where you're going to find quite a few like budding lesbians, budding uh, uh, bisexuals, you know, like – and I, I was right. And like <laughs> being around that community really for the first time, like openly living like as people that were just like openly LGBTQ mm-hmm. was awesome because it was like, oh, look at how happy and thriving everybody is and look at how welcoming they are and look how excited they are to express themselves, you know, particularly because I grew up in a really – pretty, I would say, like, kind of conservative-y area of Texas. Mm -hmm. It was, like, amazing to be at a women's college and be like, woo! It was fun. It was really fun. Amazing time. Yeah. I love that you went to Missouri to, like, really, like, find your sexuality. Yeah, right. Because when I think of Missouri, I'm not like, ooh, hotbed of sex. (laughs) You'd be surprised. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, retrospectively, should I perhaps have gone to like, I don't know, New York? <laughs> Maybe. But for my 18-year-old self, I was like, wow, the bright side, the bright lights of Missouri. <laughs> Sounds great. Do you find you encounter like bi erasures since you are married to a man? Because I feel like sometimes when women say they're bisexual and then they end up, you know, in a long-term relationship with a man. People are like, well, I guess you weren't buying you. And it's like, know. yeah, but like, you don't know who I'm attracted to. Like, what? Like, yeah. it's so strange. I think bi erasure happens all the time. You know, whether or not you're in a, a gay presenting or a straight presenting relationship. Because like, people look at the person that you're with to define mm-hmm. you. Which like, across the board, it's such a weird thing that we do, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I look at this person that you've chosen and I and I learn more about you. That's one way to look at it. But then it's also like I look at this person that you've chosen and I put you put you in a box, which is like that's really shitty that we do it, you know? Like that. Yeah. I think it's so shitty. It's like ugh, I just I I really like taking taking enough time to at least learn something about someone, even if I, in the end I judge them a little bit. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, I took my time. I tried to take my time and like figure out what what this person was about before I sort of wrote them off. And I think bisexuality is really difficult in that way because it's a series of little coming out moments for the rest of your life. You're just always mm-hmm. constantly explaining and trying to – you know, remind, like, I remember being on a set for a film and I was really excited. I was talking about my bachelorette and how excited mm-hmm. I was and going to Disneyland and doing the whole thing and, you know, 10 women and it was going to be amazing. And and uh, the costume designer, somebody was like, oh, are you going to get those little headbands with like the little penises on them? And I said, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I could just keep the conversation moving or mm-hmm. what I did was, well, I'd have to get a headband that had a, maybe like a penis and a vagina, I guess, because mm-hmm. I'm bisexual. But I also don't choose my partner based on their genitalia. 
So I don't know. I don't think that's totally right for me. And they sort of like looked at me like deer in the headlights like, oh, no, this has become like a whole conversation that I didn't want to have. But I think it's important for me to try to – I think it's such – I mean, I think so many people try to just kind of move the conversation forward in those uncomfortable mm-hmm. moments. And like I would rather slow down and like pump the brakes and be like, you just said something like – kind of maybe fucked up that you didn't maybe realize was fucked up, but I'm going to point out that it's fucked up in a graceful and nice, slightly funny way so that you go home and think about it, you know? See, I like that because I feel like sometimes you try to be playful with people to be like, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that. And then they're like, oh, no. Oh, I guess I offended Offended you. It's just like maybe the next time you open your mouth to somebody, you say something (laughs) with a little bit more thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I think if people don't get called out, they don't they don't learn, you know. And some mm-hmm. people don't want to learn. So most people don't want to learn. But I, at least, at least for the other people in the room, right? At least mm-hmm. for the other people in the room to see me as a as a person, right? As a Latina, as a woman, as a queer person, to sort of say no, not allowed to to mm-hmm. do that. Not gonna just glide over it for your comfort. Gonna make a a point to say something so that everyone in the room feels like, <laughs> you know, like I would prefer that in a, in a try to gracefully, like you said, like a graceful kind of funny way. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought one of the things I, I was at critics choice when you were hosting and I thought one of the things that you did that was so funny was like, you would deliver these lines and then like to the camera, blink, 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 blink. Like it was so <laughs> funny and it was so subtle but so (laughs) not you know what I mean like if there's something very it was very clear what you were doing (laughs) as somebody that appreciates comedy and subtlety (laughs) slash not I just Mm -hmm. think that's the kind of stuff that I think is like really brilliant it's like that's you can't miss that I felt insane hosting it it was so great (laughs) it was fantastic during the red carpet somebody asked me they were like it feels like the pandemic is over. And I was like, but it's not. We just don't depend on the Ford test our government gave. If one, if somebody gets sick here, we will get medical attention and probably be fine. That's I was like, this is just privilege. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then during the show, I was like, really just feels like I'm interrupting a work conference <laughs> where people are getting together, hugging. And then this lady comes over the loudspeaker. And she's like, sit down. Five, four, three. And I was like, and now I have to be funny. This I feel crazy. <laughs> I've just, never experienced it in my life. Fucking great. For feeling Thank as you. crazy as you're expressing right now. It was great. It was hilarious. It was fun. It was it moved. I thought like I, I had a great time. I mean Oh good. It's it was funny because like you do things and then you're like, I don't know if a single person actually liked it. On the next thing. Yeah, it just and then at one point, I don't know if you guys heard it in the ballroom, but there was like a fire alarm thing that was like vacate <gasps> the building. I did hear it. We all just sat there. <laughs> We all just sat there. I was like, well, I guess this is it. <laughs> this is well, our going out. Everyone backstage was like, oh, my God. My hair girl was like, I got the food. We got to go. And I, <laughs> and I was like, Maria, what? Where are you going? Oh, my God. And then there was this, like, garage door thing that there was a chair right where it would, like, land. So it kept going up and down. And oh, I was love like, that. are we dying? What is happening? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy, it was truly wild. Shout out to your hairdresser because those those looks, I I noticed the looks changing and changing. Thank you. Oh my yes. God, I love. She had a ladder at one point because I couldn't sit in the dresses because I'd wrinkle them. Hell yeah. So she was just on a ladder, like fixing wigs to my head. It was fun. I hope there's photos or video of that. Is there? Oh, I don't know if we did it. Damn it. Because it was a live show, so things kept happening where they're like, we need you in five, right, actually. We right. need you in 20. Right. That 20 is now two seconds. And you're like, right. okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I uh, Hosting is a, it's an interesting skill that uh, boggles my mind every time I do it and it happens and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, man. It's really like, because you've done a lot of hosting. Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like you've done a lot. And do you feel like you're like, as you keep doing it, you want to keep doing it? Or is it just like, I'm so curious about it. I like doing it because uh, I like myself and I yeah. like uh, interjecting myself into the copy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're just like, oh, there's so many levels to get. Like if you pitch a joke, it's like, oh, okay. So you have the producers, other producers, the network, another network. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like, okay, well, if it takes this long to get a joke approved, I might as well just try to make what is written my own and have fun with it. Yeah. And that is a challenge. But I do like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I mean, I I find it admirable when it's good because I'm like, wow, this person's (laughs) like, they're really doing it. They're like up there doing it. And it's funny and like it's moving. And like because you can tell the difference when it's. When it's not good, it's really hard. Yeah, it's, it's really a little hard. Painful. It's a little painful. How did you get into acting? Did you go to school for acting? Yeah, I I okay. started doing it. I started doing it in middle school because my my middle school had like different electives that you could take. I went to public school and they had um, drama as an elective and. You know, like everything in Texas, everything's a competition. So they would have like <laughs> organized competitions for theater, basically. And so like I did that in high school and then I just really liked it. I felt like I had I felt like I had found the thing that I was good at that I felt like it was undeniable. Mm-hmm. Meaning that like, you know, when you make somebody laugh or move somebody, it's undeniable. They the sound comes out of them, you know, or mm-hmm. like the emotion comes out of them. And like it's really satisfying. And I think I just wanted to keep doing that. I wanted to be able to be an open channel that way for stories. And so I found a school that <laughs> paid mostly for me to go. And <laughs> and then I moved to New York after that because I thought I wanted to be a theater actor. And Same. Then- I thought I was going to be on Broadway. Oh, me too, honey. And Broadway said, ma'am, you can't sing, but you can sing. So Broadway was like, ma'am, you're not white. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. We're not sure. Yeah, that's sort of how it felt to me, at least at the time. It was like it felt very much like uh, there were certain things that I quote unquote could fit in at Mm -hmm. at the time. And like I just didn't it wasn't wasn't a good fit. I didn't feel like it was a good fit, although I think regional theater felt better to me. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. because like people are doing Shakespeare or like Arthur Miller plays and they're casting like all kinds of different people you know like that yeah they're doing a production of um who's afraid of virginia wolf and i yep. think uh honey and nick are i think that's her name yeah maybe it's not honey uh it's honey. they're 
two Latinx performers and I was like, ooh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that too. Because it's such, oh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is such a fucking good piece of theater Dude. when it's done right. And I was like, and I'd only seen it with white people and I was like, I feel like you could like mix this up. I feel oh, like yeah. you would be nice. Yeah. Like, why, why can't we fucking do this? Why can't we do that? Well, we can, right? Like I just yeah. did, I did a play. I did live my like theater kid dreams came true this, mm-hmm. this past um December, January, and February, because I did a play in the West End, and I was, like, living for it. I mean, it was a four-hander. It was really very similar to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in that Mm -hmm. it's, like, four people, and also my character is, like, the honey character. She just gets trashed over the course of the play. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, amazing to be on stage in the West End, like, literally, like, name and lights, like, outside of the theater, like, on a sign, like, the whole thing. And the only other Latino people that, like, I really met while I was there, family, friends of family, Mm -hmm. and then the people cleaning the theater backstage. And, like, one of the guys was, like, you know how excited we all are? Because, like, Uh, you're on stage. Like, you're there. We're back here, but you're up there. And I was, like, that "Ah!" just fucking gave me chills. Because, like, the older I get, I'm, like, representation fucking matters. It really does. It matters. Seeing yourself somewhere matters. matters. And that's, like, I'm so happy you were able to, like, do that for somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, for them to be, like, oh, yeah, I she's up there. I could fucking do that. Yeah, man. Like that's that's also why I'm so loud about being bi. People some, you know, shitty people, but people say things like, why do we need to know? We don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we care? Why do you keep talking about it? It's like because there's some person somewhere that feels weird or like they can't mm-hmm. say it or whatever or like is afraid that they're never going to, you know, XYZ because of this thing. So like if I'm loud about it and I'm saying like I'm doing all right, you know, like, I mean, listen, mm-hmm. I go to therapy, but like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm I'm all right. You know, you could be all right, too. I think it's yeah, important. I think that's why I talk about therapy at nauseum, because I'm like, it's helpful. And then it's extremely helpful when people like in the beginning of my career were like, thank you for being fat. <laughs> I'd be like, um, you're welcome. But then I like understood it and I was like, oh, Right. There's really not that many of us. Truly, I could count on two hands the amount of working fat black women, female identifying actresses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess when there's a lot more then people don't have to thank me for it. Right. But at first I was like, the fuck? And I was yeah, like, oh, right. no, I absolutely get it. Yeah. But it is it is at first it can be like excuse me I'm just like trying to live like <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to live and act and like be funny and like like do the thing like what? I don't need your weird, what are you putting on me? Yeah, you know? what are you doing? And then yeah. it's just like, oh, no, I actually get it. Yeah. Um. I have, okay, so you've gotten to work with Lin-Manuel Miranda twice mm-hmm. now? That's correct. And that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lin-Manuel. Um, I think he's so wonderful. And I haven't gotten a chance to like actually collaborate with him. We did a show at, I think it was BAM in Brooklyn, where it was uh, This American Life stories put on their feet. So I got to work adjacent to him, and I thought it was so wonderful to watch him work. But may I ask, what is it like working with him? It's wonderful. He is like, he's your biggest cheerleader. He thinks you can do anything. 
even when you think you when you know in your soul that you cannot, he thinks mm-hmm. you can do it, and then somehow you rise to the occasion and do it. Like there were notes in some of those songs that I was like, I don't know, Lynn, and he was like, <laughs> Yeah, no problem, you got this. And so because he said, yeah, no problem, you got this, I was like, I guess I have to got there. Like, I guess I have to get there, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I think he's just – he's like your biggest cheerleader. He's also super mellow. He's also like the sort of <laughs> – he just like – he'll alternately be like so warm and sunshiny and then be like the driest, most like mm-hmm. – like Elaine Stritchy bitchy theater lady, you know, like, oh, it's so glorious when he slides into that. Like, it, he's just like great. And I think he knows also that he has stuff to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's the, you know, I read this interview the other day um, with him and Ariana DeBose, um, and they were sort of interviewing each other. And one of the things he said in there was, Part of the reason he wanted to do Mary Poppins was because he wanted to watch Rob Marshall direct so that he could learn mm. how to direct. And I was like, oh, smart, smart. And so I was like, Very how can smart. I model that? Like, what do I want to, what do I want to, like, I want to learn how to be an action star. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to, you know, carry a dramatic series. Like, I want to learn how to, I mean, like, what do you want to learn? Like, you know, like when you think about it that way. I mean, I desperately want to learn how to direct. I think yeah. it's, I watched Zola and I was like, Ugh. boy, oh boy, what a like beautiful bubble of a movie where it's like this whole world was created mm-hmm. and it was magical. And sometimes the characters told you things without speaking yes. and just, just like with like looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is majestic and I absolutely adore it. So yeah, I really want to get into directing and I've been trying to like figure that out and uh, shadow a little bit. You've directed, you directed an episode of Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I directed an episode of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, just the one. I mean, I would love to direct again. I think it's like, I I find it extremely challenging Mm -hmm. because... I don't uh what's a what's a fast a way to say this? Um I find it extremely <laughs> challenging because it's like balancing all sorts of personalities at the same time at that you're trying to like say something creative especially on TV because like TV becomes like a machine like it knows yes. especially like on a comedy like it knows how to run itself so like mm-hmm. There's very little that I think you can bring to the table and add unless you really have a distinct point of view about comedy. And like, and then that also takes trust too, because like, I didn't, I, I'll be honest, like sometimes I didn't trust the directors that we had on Brooklyn, especially <laughs> like, you know, like when somebody would confuse me for Melissa, like, oh, I'd be like, no, mm, I don't trust you. I don't, I can't. I'm not gonna. Wait, honestly, did that really fucking happen? Oh, yeah, that happened more than once, more than, especially in the beginning, like when, like before the show sort of really hit. Um, <sighs> we had a couple people that confused me, Melissa, and like, I get it. Question no. mark. I mean, no, only you because, like, sometimes so I confuse like two white dudes. Different. Like, sometimes I, I mean, we look totally different. Like, you look so different. One, two, there aren't that many characters to keep track of. <laughs> only like you know nine saying? of us. It's not that many. It's not that many. It's not that many. And then it's just like, that's your fucking job. Yeah. To just I, know the difference between I know, actors. I know. Even if it's like, to me, I'm like, I would prefer to call someone like, hey, friend, as opposed to like, 
like saying yeah. the wrong name. Just like really make sure. Absolutely. Like commonly saying the wrong name. Like I can tell the Olsen twins apart. I know. So it's like they should be able to tell you and I Melissa know. apart. I mean, like, like that's even li- just like down to the costuming. Like even if you call me my <sighs> character name, that's fine. Yes. That's fine. You know, um, so I think like it does take a lot of like trust. I think people and and that's why like film directing is probably a very I would imagine it's a completely different experience because you are the guide as opposed mm-hmm. to you coming in and like steering the ship for like part of the journey. You are the guide. You are the, I'm the captain, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you're you're the guide of the whole thing. Yeah. I uh shadowed Rick Page for a little bit oh, and love that Rick the Page. best man. I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And he truly was like, I didn't know that DPs had to know about lighting. And at one point I was like, Rick, you know so much about cameras and lighting. It's kind of incredible. And then he like laughed. And then I was like, why did he laugh? And then later he was like, are you kidding or no? And I was like, oh, no. And he was like, Nicole, that's my whole job. And I was like, oh, no. I didn't know that either. I didn't know. I didn't know those things either. I didn't know. I, I remember thinking like at one point, when I when Rick started DPing Brooklyn Nine Nine, I was like, "Wow, the lights are like really good in this scene." And I think mm-hmm. I said something to him. I was like, "The lights look amazing." And he kind of like, you know, cut like very humble. Rick was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, thank you." And I was like, "I wonder why he." Oh right. Yes. Like, oh yes. yeah. He, That's, he, he works to light yes. people. He tells Correct. people how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was so funny. I just yeah. like truly didn't know. Um, real quick, we got to yeah. take a break. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me and canta muchacho. <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And oh, we're back. Okay, I really want to talk to you about Twin Flames. Mm. It was launched February 21st. And so you know the scoop. You know the scoop all about these people, Jeff and Shalia. Shalia. Who promised their followers the secrets of true love and finding one's twin flame. So what what else can you... So people have to like pay these two people to like... <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this laugh. Listen, they... These two, Jeff and Shalia, started out with a YouTube channel where mm-hmm. essentially they bragged about how in love they were and how they were each other's twin flame. And the idea of twin flames has been around for a long time. Essentially, it's that you and every other person on the planet has a twin flame, which means mm-hmm. the perfect match for them, the person that like brings out the best in them and they're like, it's even better than a soulmate. It's not a soulmate. It's Mm -hmm. like you burn at the same intensity and when you combine, Uh it's like you're just, everything is like if the world, if if everyone in the world could find their twin flame, there would be no war. There'd be no poverty. There would be no sadness. Everyone would just be in ecstasy and everything would be perfect all the time. That's the idea behind twin flames. Well, right? it's insane. So we just I have know. to find Vladdy Poots' his twin flame That's and, right. everything and everything will be good. good. Poots. That's insane. That Vladdy Poots. We just have to find the person that will call him Vladdy Poots during sex. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, just tell, you know, send me to Russia. I'll be like, hey, Vladdy Poots, please Vladdy stop. Vladdy Poots. <laughs> Vladdy, honey. Um, oh, what a monster. Anyway. Uh, Truly. They sort of started this YouTube channel and people found it, you know, like you do on mm-hmm. YouTube. And um, and then it took off from there. And I think the thing that is so interesting about Jeff and Shalia is that as you listen to the podcast, the, the podcast has done some really great interviewing investigation mm-hmm. and, and, and other people have too. There have been multiple articles written about Jeff and Shalia and the Twin Flames universe as they call it. Um, they really are something else, these two, because Mm -hmm. they've created this whole world and it's not free. You got to buy your little packages and stuff for the low, low price of X, Y, and Z. So this is like, did you watch um, the Lulu, not Lululemon? um, Yes, yes. Oh my God, the leggings, LuLaRoe. Yes. This sounds a little bit like LuLaRoe. It's a lot like an MLM. Yeah. An MLM? What's that? It's a multi-level marketing platform. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. We have to like buy into it. Mm-hmm. This is without like giving too much away because I don't yeah. want like people need to listen to the podcast. Yes, but, they should because it's so wild. So you buy a package and then do they set you up with somebody or they teach you how to go out in the world and find someone? Sort of both. But the thing that they they the the way that they really get you is that they tell you all this. They tell you 
you've got a twin flame. And then they say, Nicole, it's up to you to find it. It's very self-help. So they go, they're like, you Uh have it inside you. All you have to do believe is, all you have to do is believe in yourself. You are blocking your twin flame and we're going to help you unlock the blocks. We're going to help you. And so you got to buy this package and you got to get with this coach and you got to like, and then like, so you, you become like obsessed with it and wound up in it. And you're like, okay, so I, I'm the, I'm the issue, right? Like it's mm-hmm. all the, it's like all the good things like that you would find in therapy, but like twisted by these people that don't have any accreditation or like any, they've not learned mm-hmm. how to do it. They're just doing it out of their fucking garage, basically. You know, it's like, wh- why are people listening to them, right? Because yeah. they've created this world in which like, you know, it sounds like, oh, well, if I just buy this package, I'll find the person that I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be with forever. And they're feeding off of like people that are lonely or people that <sighs> really want to find love or people mm-hmm. that have so much love to give and just don't know how to go about doing it. It is, bo- and then they get you and they, they create this whole like community around you, right? Mm-hmm. And so now all of your friends are people that are also in the Twin Flames universe. So like, you don't want to leave the Twin Flames universe, right? Like, but that's so wild because girl, like, that's if wild. someone was like, okay, come hang out. When it, like, we're all, we all believe in Twin Flames. But if I didn't find my Twin Flame within this community of Twin Flames, then I'd be like, well, then they're not here. But that maybe you just had a false Twin Flame, Nicole. It was a false Twin Flame to get you to level up so that when your Twin Flame comes, you're ready for them. It was a false wow. twin flame. Yeah, that's actually what they say to people. They say that they're wow. false twin flames. I'm like, bro, at, at this point, Jeff is actually saying that he's God. <gasps> he's the second coming of God. That's what he's saying now. So like, and from point from point A, which is him and Shalia starting these videos, by the way, in in the office of their there, it wasn't even their like house that they were doing these videos out of. It was they were they living rent free in like one of Jeff's buddies' houses because they couldn't oh afford my. to like get their own place. And meanwhile, Jeff's like doing videos and he's like, "Look, I look at everything around me. I'm so like successful. I did this myself. This is not his house. It was not his house. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh my god. Do you hear that? Hold on. I just plus play press play on something and hold on. Have to I mute. can't hear it. Sorry. Oh my god. In my earbuds right now is we don't talk about Bruno. That's I'm not so even funny. kidding you. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this is insane. I don't know where it's coming from. I feel like a crazy person. Brad. Brad. That's so funny. Jesus Christ. I'm falling apart, Nicole. No, it's okay. Take your time. Okay. It's gone away. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm not even joking you. The song has been stuck in my head for three years and it just popped into my earbuds. What a joke. This is not a plan, you guys. I'm so sorry. Well, I just listened to it. It's a good song. It's a good song. Three years. You worked on it for three years? Yeah, I I booked I booked it pre no, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh my god! So I guess two We've years. We've been in this pandemic for so fucking long. I forget. Yeah, all the time that it's 2022 and it started in 2020. I know. I, it's, god. Yeah, so two years. Yeah. 
That's wild. Yeah. I always forget that animation, I mean, live action sometimes takes forever, but yeah. animation really does take a long, long time. Animation does take a long time, but you're right. Like live action does, t- and and movies have been very strange for the last, mm-hmm. like we did, we shot In the Heights in like 2019, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it didn't come out until this past summer. Yeah, 2021. Like they held it for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think they thought theaters were going to come back. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, eh, not yet. We got to let Anthony Ramos out of the box. <laughs> I think he's so talented. <laughs> he's extremely talented, yes. That, that movie is filled with talent across the board. Everyone in it is so wonderful and fun. And oh then God, like yeah. every scene you're in, you look like you're having a blast. Everyone looks like they're having a, pla- a yeah, blast. We had, we had a great time. What is her name who originated Mimi and Rent? She was in it. Oh my Daphne God, Ruben Daphne Vega. Vega. My She's idol. She's incredible. She, so when they did the Rent movie, mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson, love her. But I was like, where's Daphne? Like, why wasn't Daphne Ruben Vega? I was I so- think Daphne was pregnant. I think that's what oh. she said. She was pregnant at the time. And so she couldn't do it. I think I think that's don't quote don't Can quote you me. Wait, she is I my know. Mimi. No, she is forever. <laughs> I like I fell in love with that musical in high school when it came out, and I was just totally obsessed with it. I I had the cover of Newsweek with her and Adam Pascal on it on the back mm-hmm. of my bedroom door. Like and so the first day of rehearsal when I got to meet her, I was like a fucking wreck. I was so nervous. I was sweating like profusely. And she comes in and is so like nice and funny, amazing, you know, and I'm just like, Ugh! like I was a disaster. I would have lost my mind. I so I came up during a musical theater kids were like ending their obsession with rent and starting their obsession with wicked. Oh yeah. So like I still really loved rent and I still do. I just went and saw the the national tour of rent. Oh my god. In in New Jersey. I love it. I love it. <laughs> a friend that I went to school with was a swing and was playing Benny that night luckily. I was like, "Oh, how funny that I'm coming the night that you're actually going to, you know, perform." Um but yeah, I Musical theater is like really wild. Like wild. being a swing, people don't realize it's like when you're a swing, you have to learn four different tracks, which yeah. like four different parts and then just be ready, ready on the fly to do it. Ready. It's just, it's, it's an insane amount of work. It's an insane yeah. amount of work. Swings and understudies, especially Crazy. for musical theater, but really like across the board, it's just an incredible, intense amount of work. Like we had... Um, in that show that I was in in the West End, we had, it was the four of us and then at the end, there's two police officers that come on and the two police officers were the swings for everyone so like each one of them and we had four we had the police officers and then we also had two understudies and they would like cycle out because of covid Mm -hmm. and stuff but like each one of them knew two parts like two full parts which is like shit which like (laughs) it's so that's so crazy to me because like with stand up, if I don't do a joke for a while, I forget the joke. Mm-hmm. And then it's like if I didn't go over like if I don't go over lines, like and then we go to lunch and then I oh, don't I go over the lines again when we go back, I don't know those lines. I know. So it's I know. like for you to to know two full parts to a full show is so crazy to it's me. It's bananas to me too. It's bananas to me. I don't I don't but I think it's like those those things like under a certain amount of pressure, you will perform. You mm-hmm. will. You will just do it. And I think that that's what separates people that can do it from people that would like to do it or, you know, sometimes people that are super critical of it that have never tried mm-hmm. it. 
because I think some of that criticism comes from fear. I think like fear yes. of of what is it like to be up there and 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 mm-hmm. yeah, I I think I think a lot of criti- critical critical analysis comes from fear. I think there's like really good critics, and then there's also people that maybe maybe some of their critic criticism is coming from a place of like I don't know how to make that art, and I don't. Mm-hmm. don't know yeah I don't know where I'm going with that exactly but well I was once on stage and this lady was like I don't know if she was like saying her own punchlines she was just talking during the show <laughs> and I was like okay you have so much to please come here and get on stage she was like I couldn't and I was like come on come on come on come on so then she got on stage and then I handed her the mic and then I sat down in her seat and then she she was like, I don't know what to do. And I was oh, like, exactly. But God, shut up. That's so amazing. <laughs> oh, that's such a fantasy. Uh, wow. I can't believe you did that. I'm so, oh, I'm so jealous that you did that. <gasps> I'm trying to remember what venue it was because I can remember the stage and I remember the, how it was seated because she was really close. She was close enough for me to to like just leave stage. Right. Maybe it was Buffalo, New York. Oh I don't know. I've had a lot of shows where I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy, you oh want to come up here? You can. I'm tired. Please do. Wow, that's such a fantasy. That's like amazing. God, because it is. It's hard what we do. Like, I mean, it's yes. not brain surgery, but it is hard. It's hard to do. And so when people are critical of it, it's it's like extra tangy sometimes, which mm-hmm. just feels like really, really. I'm up here like cutting out my heart and soul, and like, uh huh trying to give something while I'm on this planet and you're over there going like meh, 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 which is like, bro, yeah. that's what you're giving on this planet? Really? <laughs> okay, I guess. We ought to make choices. Yeah, sometimes I read reviews, which I shouldn't, and I'm like, boy, oh boy, why are you so mean? I know. Why? 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 Why do you, you have to do be that? so mean? It's not even, it's, most of the time, it's not even funny. Like, if it's mean and funny, then I'll be like, all right. It's like, all right. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) I give it to you. Uh, But sometimes it's just like mean for no reason. I know. I know. Have you ever seen the video? It's a video called The Bread. And it is, it's a video. It's a five minute video about a woman who buys magical bread (laughs) and dreams come true. Oh my God. No, it sounds amazing. uh, It's five or four black women. And it's the most insane acting you'll ever see. The premise is insane. And I showed it to a friend and he was like, you know what? And we like laughed about it. And he was like, I got to hand it to them. They made a video. They edited that video. That's more than most people do. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I giggled at this for years because it came out like 2007. But he was, I was like, you're right. They did it. They They did it. Fucking did it. And so say what you will about it. But like when people do shit, it's like, well, what did you do? Right. Right. Like, what did you do? What did you make? How did you put yourself out there? I recommend watching okay. it. It's a really, I, it's one of my favorite videos I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, I will watch it. Oh my God. Oh, that's high praise. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Real quick. We have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just 
$98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. Here's a question for you. Do Mm -hmm. you believe twin flames exist? Do you believe in soulmates? No, no, I don't. I really don't. I think... I think, at least for me, the people that I have had the honor and pleasure of being with um, in this lifetime have all taught me something really big about myself. And even if it mm-hmm. ended in a fucking fiery disaster of flames, right? Like, it it taught me something and it moved me toward knowing myself better, whether that was them or me figuring something out when I was with them. But like, I don't think that there's like, oh, well, there's one person for everyone. I think there's lots Mm -hmm. of people. And like, and you just sort of just go like, yeah, you seem like, I I think I'm better. I'm a better version of me when I'm around you. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what friends do. Like really good friends, you know, like it's a similar thing. Like when you're with really good friends, like they make, I mean, like when I think about my friend Lauren Ash and like when I'm around Lauren, I'm like doubly as funny. Mm-hmm. You know, she just brings it out in me and like being around her loosens me up and allows me to be freer and like, you know, or like that's what you want out of a partner. If you're going to choose a single partner, that's why some people mm-hmm. choose multiple partners to have, like some why, why some people are polyamorous and like, 
yeah, I don't think I don't I don't I think it's just I think it's such a crock of shit to be like, there's one I'm just trying to find my person, like they say mm-hmm. on The Bachelor, right? Like I love it when they say that too. <laughs> just like, oh you idiot. It is also very funny to be like, I'm trying to find my person with ten other people. I know. And we're all gonna get drunk and fuck that one person. (laughs) And then we're gonna argue a lot, a lot, a lot about nothing, 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 nothing. It's like this is what happens when you don't allow people access to books. Like they don't they don't read, you know? It's like they don't read. They don't read and they don't they definitely don't read while they're there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they're not allowed, which is like, yeah, if I went on a, like, I mean, if I went on a beach vacation with, like, six of my closest friends and we weren't allowed books or phones or mm-hmm. internet, like, yeah, we would fight 100% because yeah. we, like, have to create drama. And then just a ton of booze. Of course you're going to oh, go crazy. Oh, my God, yes. Can't wait to do that. Maybe I should do that <laughs> for a retreat. Um, I think that's such a poignant thing to be like, there isn't just one person. Cause I don't believe that there's just one. I think there's sometimes a person for like right now. Mm-hmm. And then my therapist is like, every relationship is technically a good relationship because you learned. That's uh, and I astute. do believe that to an extent. Um, Cause like an abusive relationship. No, I don't think that's good. No, I don't no, think you needed to learn. No, that's no, not a lesson no, no. you needed to that's learn. That's one I could skip. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I didn't want to show up to school that day. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, relationships are just so interesting because I think people have this old school thing where they're like, you find your person, you get married, you stay in the relationship for a hundred years and then you die or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but if it's not good, don't stay. Exactly. Exactly. But like, I think that there's also, again, fear. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, human beings are ruled by fear to some extent, right? And so I think, at least for me, in that long relationship, I was like, I can't leave. Like, I've spent so much time here. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember literally thinking oh my God, how am I going to pack up my stuff? Like, I have all this stuff. We have an apartment together. Like, we have furniture that we bought. I just bought that big expensive rug. How are we going to break up? Which is like, when you think about it, that is such an insane, that is mm-hmm. such a a fearful place to be coming at from for your relationship. Like, mm-hmm. share a life with someone and you're not going to leave because you bought an expensive rug and you don't know what to do with it. Like, <laughs> come on, mm-hmm. you know? But- I think people get scared. Like, what am I going to do when I've been in this for so long, you know, or I feel safe or like, you know, not to, not to bring it down, but like, I think that's why a lot of, a lot of women can't get out of abusive relationships because they've, their abusers are most of the time like very manipulative and Mm -hmm. have created it so that like they can't leave. And that brings me back to twin flames (laughs) because like, that's what Jeff and Shalia have done. They've isolated these people and created this like entire community for them. And like you're in it for a while and you look around and you're like, oh no, all my friends are here. Like if I question the leaders, if I go against what they want me to do or say, I'm going to lose all my friends. Like how, how I'll be so lonely. Well, maybe I'll just you know, do what they tell me to. Yeah. And that is a scary thing as an adult to start over. So like, I do get yeah. it. Wait, are they still doing this? Are they still? Oh, girl. Yes. Really? You can find them on the internet now. Yeah. They're still doing it. That's It's so insane to me when people. They're trying to have a baby. Oh, I think they might be pregnant. I'm not sure. I don't know. 
Well, God bless them. God bless. Congratulations. God bless. Congrats. But I just find it so interesting that like things like LuLaRoe can still exist, even though a Mm -hmm. whole documentary was done on them. Like this, you've done a whole podcast being like, this is a scam or whatever. (laughs) And then like Scientology, that lady Shelly has been missing. And we're all just like, okay, still, still a religion. I know. I know. It's It's so wild to me. Wild what people, and it's wild in this lifetime what people get away with. It's wild. Like, it's 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 absolutely bonkers bananas. Mm-hmm. I listened to this podcast called um, True Crime and Cocktails, which is Lauren's podcast, actually. And uh, and they were doing they were doing the death of Whitney Houston. And during the podcast, they talked about this guy, and I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but he was a total like scam artist. And he like the night the night that Whitney died. It was the night of somebody's big Grammy party. I can't mm, remember Clive who. Davis. Clive Davis. He took Whitney's ticket to the party and was like there crying at the party about like how much he missed her and stuff. Like, like what are you doing? Like, wow. t- like this guy was like a complete like scammy. Like part of his thing was like that he just made friends with celebrities and like lived off of their whatever. Like I how- guess insane there's only one scam artist that i know of that i really want them to thrive there's this like 19 year old black guy who <laughs> who keeps pretending to be a doctor <laughs> oh my they god keep catching him and oh i'm my like god. i don't know maybe instead of like arresting him send him to medical school maybe he would be a good doctor send him to medical school <laughs> yeah obviously he's passionate you know he just wants to be a doctor again and again caught multiple times i believe he's been caught twice there's another lady who keeps stowing away in the cargo of airplanes <laughs> no stop is this her weird kink like the vibrations in the cargo hold I or something wish. i think she just likes to travel oh my I, god <laughs> but oh honestly god. that would be so funny if she was in court and she was like i just don't like vibrators i don't like traditional <laughs> ones i just want to sit in the cargo hold of a plane uh, uh bottomless and have I'm a nice time i'm not hurting time. anyone i'm not hurting anyone i'm not touching anyone's luggage Maybe just a little, yeah, I'm just, just a little rub. I'm just here. I'm just here vibrating <laughs> with the plane. At one, my twin flame is a twin, uh, twin engine. God, oh, I can't imagine. Do you think you would like fall into a cult? Okay, so hmm? I don't think I would fall into a cult, mm-hmm. but I do think there have definitely been times in my life where I've belonged to groups of people or like made a group of friends or something that I realized that I was sort of being manipulated or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I think, I think because I'm the kind of person that I am, which is like, I try, I really try hard to look for the good in everyone. And I try to look at everyone with an, uh, with an empathetic view. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like rose colored glasses, but I think like empathy colored, whatever color that is, you know, maybe a light chartreuse. I'm not sure. <laughs> but like, I try to look at people that way. So when I make friends, I try to think about like people in the best light. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think sometimes people aren't really that, you know, like you, it's the same thing as dating, right? Like you can mm-hmm. look at someone and go like, oh my God, they're so amazing. And they have so much, they have, so, and only I can see how great they are. And like, I just want everyone to see it, which is like, well, if only you can see how great mm-hmm. they are, they're probably not that great, you know, like. <laughs> They're probably kind of shitty and you're just sort of projecting your ideas of potential on them, which Mm -hmm. is like, 
And that can happen in friendships too. And I think I've definitely been part of a a group, groups of friends that, you know, later I kind of see, look, step back and go like, oh, I'm being manipulated or, oh, I'm being, you know, I'm normalizing behavior that is not cool um, for one reason or another, you know, because I'm trying to keep the peace or mm-hmm. because I, I'm i lucky to belong to this group. So, you know, I've got to just keep my mouth shut when things are weird or fucked up. I mean, I remember having a group of, of girlfriends and some of the like sort of joking, quote unquote, was really callous and mm-hmm. cruel. And sometimes it would be towards groups of people that were not in the room. And I remember hearing it once and being like, oh, that's, maybe that was a mistake, you know? And then when I heard it again, I said something and it was like the group dynamic just started to shift right then. Cause it was like, oh, they didn't like that I said something about it. Mm-hmm. And as we've discussed already, I'm not one to hold my tongue when I feel <laughs> there's a moment of uh-huh. grossness happening. So yeah, I feel like I, c- I could, I could, that's a long answer for like, I don't think I'd ever be a member of a cult, but I've certainly sort of stepped back and gone, oh, wh- why am I in this friend group? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing here? You know? Yeah. What I definitely you? think I could be uh, taken, really? taken and brought to a cult. Somebody's ah, just like, hey, God. do you like pizza? And I'm like, I do. I and they're like, pizza. worship this pizza. And I'm like, oh, well, as long as I get a slice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah definitely could fall into a cult so like with Scientology I was in Times Square and I think I might have told this story on the podcast but whatever this lady was like happy and she was like do you like happiness and I was like who me yes and I was with a friend and she was like follow me to the church of Scientology my friend Jen was like Nicole no and I was like Jen an adventure and she's smiling (laughs) (laughs) and we went and we watched a video where I was like, this all makes so much sense. And then I like bought a book and then I tried to read the set, like the book, but it was like really hard for me to understand. It was written in the way that I was like, I think I need to like take a class to decipher it. And I was like, that's how they get, you. How they get you. They like teach you more. They teach you how to do it. That's but yeah. It. Oh, I'm so susceptible to being in a cult. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm, I, you're like me. I, I think we're susceptible to like people being like, come join the fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, an adventure. Absolutely. I want to be involved in this. Get in this car with strangers. Yes. Oh, we're going absolutely. on your boat. Yes. We're going to your private island. Yeah. <laughs> I used to hitchhike in New York. I used to get in cars oh with God. random people all the time. All the time. It's a miracle I'm here. I did it once and I truly can't believe that I'm I'm like I got in a car with like three strange dudes. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe I'm alive. Like and they just dropped me off like normal. They just mm-hmm. dro- drove and dropped me off. Isn't it wild that people like in the 70s used to just do that all the time? But then yes. also I guess there's a lot of unsolved murders from that time serial period. Serial killers. Yeah. That's the birth of serial yeah. killers really. <laughs> yeah. So Ugh. I don't like murder seems bad. I would never like it's not something I ever want to take part in for sure. Yeah, like I don't even like cleaning messes, let alone like getting someone's blood on me. I'd be like, oh my god, Ugh. like that scene in Pulp Fiction where it's like, oh no, you have to bring the cleaner now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I would never. I don't think it's for normies. I think it's for psycho sociopaths. I think so. Can I ask you, what is one of the worst states you've ever been on? 
Oh my God, let me think. Because I've had so many bad ones. <laughs> um, I think one of the worst was when I lived in New York, I went on this date with this guy who was in advertising. Mm-hmm. And all he did the entire date was talk about manipulating people into buying things. It was really bizarre. It was mm-hmm. so weird. And then and then I was like, well, he's kind of cute. Like maybe I'll make out with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I made out with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was really, really late. And I was like, it's going to cost me. This is pre-Uber. So it was like, mm-hmm. it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to get home in a taxi. So maybe I'll just like ask him if I can crash at his place. And he was like, Yes, I actually have um, one of my friends is out of town and I'm, I'm house sitting for them. So we went to his house, mm-hmm. the guy's apartment or whatever. I think it was in Brooklyn somewhere. And it was like super creepy. Like the way those pictures of like Kanye and Kim's house are super creepy oh, where it's no. like there's nothing in the room. And then there's like one white leather poof for people Ooh, to sit on no. or like a vase with like a feather. It was like that. And I was like, wow. oh, no, oh, no, I'm going to get murdered. That's how I felt. And uh, and then so we get to his pl- – the not his place, his friend's place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, good night. And he continues to just like try and try and try Ooh. to put the moves on me. And I was uh-huh. very much like I'm going to sleep, not doing – like. and then he got very – he got mad. Mm-hmm. Like he got actually mad that I was really just – gonna crash like I had said Mm -hmm. so he like huffed and puffed and went to the bedroom I was on the couch he went to the bedroom and like turned up the tv super loud (gasps) no so what was watching like New York one um the volume's so loud I'm wet and let's do it like what did I think think was gonna fucking happen was gonna happen I don't know I think he was just such a petty little baby that he was like well she wants to sleep i'm not gonna let her sleep you know Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna listen to new york one super loud (laughs) like that was probably the worst although the entire time i was just like this is hilarious (laughs) fucking hilarious this guy thinks that this is like what 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 world like what world are you ever gonna like why you know um I think that's probably the worst. How about you? The worst date I think I've ever been on. Well, one man, I think I told this story because it happened rather recently. He asked me where I parked. I said around the corner and I was like, where did you park? And then he pulled out a razor scooter and I was like, oh, okay. All right. So you you scooted on over here and then you walked me to my car and then I got in my car and then I looked in the side view mirror and he was just like, scooting away and there's just something about an adult man razor adult scootering man away from you scoot, scoot. see you later baby <laughs> scoot, 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 scoot. yeah that's and not like, not to shame not to be no, like no i'm better than that i was just like i just don't see this for me it does it doesn't scoot scoot into my heart no he did not scoot into not my heart me. Oh, God. <laughs> well, God. Stephanie, we've reached the end. Oh, no. It's been such a joyful experience. Wait, I have to tell you this. Um, I think you were doing ADR or something in the same place that I was. Mm-hmm. And like your name was on 
a piece of paper. You know, like they saved the the parking lot for mm-hmm. you. So your name was on the piece of paper and my name was next to it in the sick and the other spot next to it. And I was like, oh, Nicole's going to be here today. Maybe I'll just hang out in my car. So I like hung out in my car for 40 minutes on the internet, just waiting to see like maybe you were coming after me and you were going to park. Like I waited in my, like a loser because I just wanted to say hi to you. But now I got to do your podcast. So that's really nice. Stephanie, I'll tell you something. I don't read emails. I never know if there's parking for me. So I always just street park. So I probably came and you just didn't see me because I was like oh on the street being like, I can't believe I had to park so far away. If oh I just God. read the email. Meanwhile, my stalker butt is like in the parking lot going like any minute now, any minute now, she's going to drive up any minute now. <laughs> well, I fucking love that. Oh, wait. Okay. So where can people find Twin Flame? Oh, Twin Flames is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, but you can listen to it on the Wondery app ad-free, which is really nice. Um, and I think the next, the, all the episodes will be out by the time this mm-hmm. airs. Um, it's really good. It's a fun little, <laughs> it's a fun little binge. Um, is there anything else you want to promote? You can follow me on all the socials. My name's Stephanie Beatriz. You can just Google it. Uh <laughs> And yeah, I feel like uh, most people hopefully have seen the things that I've done. Um, one of which is Encanto, which is um, available um, probably out of the mouth of any child, you know, they could probably mm-hmm. just recite the whole movie for you. That's going to be a better performance than anything I could give. <laughs> and then um, I'm also on a show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine that you can find on the internet. Yeah, watch it on Hulu. Yeah. Give Stephanie residuals. Yeah. <laughs> is that how it works? I don't know. Yeah, if that works. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. You get okay. streaming residuals for, for every watch. I think so. <laughs> like I genuinely think cent. so. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh my god, it's watch not, it on Hulu. Then it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Our lovely union was like, oh boy, if we renegotiate how streaming residuals are done, someone's gonna get mad at me. And it's just like, uh, who, who? Just give us money. Who, no one. <laughs> just give us money for the, the job that we do. That's. Yeah, that that would be good. That's it's what everyone deserves. Fun. Well, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Oh, I Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you write me something dirty, you can send it to um why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com. And if you write something hitting on me, but it has to be very nasty, I'll read it. This person said, Dear Nicole, I am gay, but if I were straight, I would take you to yogurt land, flip you upside down on a handstand oh. and fill your pussy with Froyo, Captain Crunch, cheesecake bites and rainbow sprinkles. <laughs> then take you home and have you stand over me in the shower and push my slightly melted, slightly melted Froyo out of your pussy into my mouth and lick you clean until you tee to death and say that was truly amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> They get sicker and sicker. That <laughs> is a that is a a UTI slash yeast yes. infection waiting to happen. Yes, but also how romantic. How nice. I do love mm-hmm. Froyo. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for why won't you date me with me, Nicole Byer? Why won't you date me? Is produced and engineered by. Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solo-Taroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you.
love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.